0: Welcome and grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, Well as promised in a message uh, that I sent to the members and friends of uh, St. Andrew last week, I decided uh, that today and in the context of our gradual and continued uh, reopening here at St. Andrew that I would take some time to share some reflections on uh, some of the lessons that I have learned during the past 14 months and uh, also the plans that I have and that I pray that God has for uh, you and me and us together as we regroup and live life and uh, head into the future. And I'm sure that there are some things that you also have probably learned uh, about yourself, uh, about the people around you, ranging from maybe the very ordinary and the mundane uh, to the very deeply profound. And so, for example... I know that uh, some of you learned that our church organ has a pedal board. (laughs) Because you were mesmerized by the fancy footwork of Ruth Heilman during our online worship. (laughs) I was in a lot of conversations about that. Did you see that? Uh, One of you learned and uh, shared with me that Our children's messages are, to quote you, shorter, clearer, more to the point uh, than the longer sermons that followed. And I'm I'm not going to tell you who that was, but uh, his initials are Paul O'Bean, who happens to be our former pastor's son. And uh, because I was home uh, more in the last 14 months than in the previous 14 years, uh, my wife Patty learned that I probably shouldn't retire. I mean, (laughs) at least not anytime soon. So a lot of lessons uh, have been learned and there are others that I could put into that miscellaneous category. But what I really want to do today is focus on some of the more overtly uh, spiritual uh, lessons of the pandemic, at least uh, for me. And I wanna do it in the format of the late night uh, retired talk show host, David Letterman, and give you uh, today's top 10, except of course that these are serious. And even though uh, the guy who taught me how to preach said that we should never tell the congregation how many points we're about to make because you'll only hear them t- ca- counting backwards. And uh, So let me do the counting backwards for you today. Uh, beginning with number 10, Get ready for the things that rock the world. Now I've read about plagues in history books and uh, in the pages of scripture as well, and we've certainly had pandemics uh, afflict the world even in more recent times in fact I I feel like these cicadas are leaving me with another plague that we have to deal with right now. But uh, this is the first time that any of us have experienced something that has had the power to shut down the whole planet and to change our way of life in a very short period of time. And what I learned in that is that living the Christian life is like a rehearsal for times like that, times like this, as well as the other trials and the, and the losses and hardships that you might experience in life. I learned that when you up your game, when you work on your prayer life, when you dig into the scriptures, when you worship faithfully, when you commune, when you serve, when you fellowship with people, you're getting ready for moments like this before they happen so that when they happen, you will not be shaken. And I know that this pandemic has certainly been hard enough even for people of rock-solid faith. But I also know that faith really does make all the difference in the world. And I've known way too many people who just weren't spiritually ready when their world got rocked, at least as ready as we could ever possibly be. Number nine, count your blessings. Because as the singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell puts it, you don't know what you got till it's gone. (laughs) Whether it's as simple as going out to dinner or running to the store for a gallon of milk or something that we take for granted and yet is profound as a friendship, a handshake, a hug, singing together in worship, which I have really missed. Just like I've missed the church family. And still miss some of them who I haven't seen in a very long period of time. And so my lesson plan for this one is to work just a little bit harder and seeing all of those things, both the ordinary and the extraordinary, as blessings from above, and counting them instead of taking them for granted. Number eight, the church is not a building. And, uh, you know, I've been singing that Sunday school song, you know, for a lot of years. The church is not a building. The church is not a steeple. The church is not a resting place. The church is a people. And over the years, I've often said that uh, while St. Andrew has built some very nice buildings uh, along the way, that it has never suffered from uh, what some of my colleagues and I refer to as an edifice complex And if you ever proved me right about that, it was during the last 14 months when this church was everything but closed, even when our church building was closed. Thanks to Zoom and to the fact that you are the church Bible studies, confirmation classes, youth gatherings, meetings, and strategy sessions all went on. Thanks to our media, ministry, online worship was provided for our members and for friends literally around the world. And we've heard from many of them in the course of the last 14 months. And, and thanks to a love that went viral long before this pandemic ever began, your compassionate heart did not miss a single beat and we know that as we experienced it when covid came to our house and meals were left at our doorstep along with messages and greetings. in fact one of the uh, great lines of the pandemic was uh, from our daughter lauren who came in one night and she said the church is on our porch And the church was on our porch, even though we didn't even see most of your faces. And it was in a lot of other places as well, as our ministry changed, but it did not stop. And so one of my lesson plans for today is to join with you in rebuilding the kind of church to which people feel so connected and so close that they really do miss it when circumstances and distance separate us from one another and they really do feel the love of Jesus wherever they may happen to be. Number seven, it's not about the container. I have to confess to you, I really don't like those little communion kits. (laughs) You know, where you turn it upside down and you turn it right side up again. But I do give thanks for them, because with them we celebrated uh, the Lord's Supper. And because they reminded me that it's not about the container, it's not about the trappings of worship to which we sometimes get a little too attached. It's about the grace. It's about the love that comes from heaven to earth, to you, to me, and travels into and through our celebration. Don't get me wrong, I really want to raise the roof and worship as we did before March of last year, but I'm also thankful that it's not about the container. And it never really was. Number six, virtual is not the same as in person. Uh, Our daughter Andrea and her husband Joel uh, went on a trip uh, during which they visited the Grand Canyon and uh, having been there with Patty, uh, I said to them before they left, you know, you can see a thousand pictures, Uh, you can watch videos, you can do all of that, but you're not gonna get it until you go there and you see it with your eyes and you experience it for yourself, which is to say that I thank God for our virtual worship And for people who worked long and hard uh, to make that happen for our spiritual nourishment when we needed it, And, and we'll continue to do that as well, in another form at least. But it's not the same as being here. Praying together, worshiping together, singing together, communing together, serving together, fellowshipping with each other, being the church together. In fact, the word virtual in the dictionary is described as things that, you know, have a, an essence but not a physical appearance or they, uh, they are a computer simulation or they exist primarily online. And, and even though I know that when it comes to the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, our virtual worship is way, way more than that. And I give thanks that while it's a good, godly alternative when it's needed, it's still not the same as being here together, being the church together. Number five, times like this can bring out the best in us. And we have seen that. Not just in our church life, but in the world. And we've seen it in nurses. We've seen it in doctors, other medical personnel. We've seen it in educators. We've seen it in first responders. We've seen it in researchers. We've seen it in people like our own fellow member, Dr. Merlin Robb, who has worked night and day on Operation Warp Speed and even helped us to make some decisions about our, our ministry here at St. Andrew. And so for those who have eyes to see, I mean, you know, the random acts of kindness, they were just everywhere. And they, and they do remind me of the words of St. Paul to the Romans that while bad things can and do... They they will happen in this world. That nothing separates us from the love of God in Christ, as the love of Christ flows from Him to people, through people, to people like you and me. Number four. Times like this can also bring out the worst in us. It is no secret that medical issues became political issues. It's no secret that our country is in conflict, that there's injustice, that there's violence in this world. And I can also tell you uh, that through the eyes of many of my colleagues that even churches have actually come apart during the last 14 months over things like wearing masks or how we're gonna worship or when we're gonna reopen or how we're gonna speak to uh, the world that we live in today. And so we are living in a difficult time right now, even apart from COVID-19. And our nation needs renewal. And our church needs revival so that we can make disciples of all the nations. Number three, St. Andrew is a great church family. It is far from perfect. And it's never going to be perfect as long as Nick and I are a part of it. But I cannot say enough to you about the commitment and the dedication and the perseverance of my colleagues on our staff. Or about your faithfulness and your generosity and your patience through the last 14 months and obviously long before that. I mean, in addition to all kinds of texts and emails and phone calls, we have a large collection of handwritten notes that you know, have just kept coming in and they cheer us on and they encourage us you know, every day and every week, week in and week out. There've been people who even joined our congregation in the middle of this pandemic, which I think says a whole lot about you and about the work of Christ in your midst. And, and while I'm at it, you know, I want to give a shout out uh, to this young pastor uh, who's onboarding at St. Andrew got shut down eight months into his brand new ministry as a pastor, which is not a good thing, who then got COVID, who then got up And he fiercely served with a passion for the gospel and for you, especially when I got COVID and I had to stand down. And so, you know, one of the great lessons I have learned, again, is that St. Andrew may not be perfect, but it's a great church family with awesome leaders and a gifted associate pastor. Number two, don't hold on too tight to this life. But do hold on to your faith. Uh, When I went into the hospital in December, uh, I was feeling pretty lousy. And uh, frankly, I was told that uh, I wasn't even completely with it. Now I also get told that even in my best days, but that's another sermon. Uh, but I will also tell you that uh, you know there were people who were a whole lot sicker than I was and some of them didn't make it home. But there was a time during that process I think it was sometime in that first day when I honestly did wonder, you know, is this going to go south or is this going to go north? Is you know, going to get better? Going to get worse? And it honestly did cross my mind that there was at least a chance that you know this could be my runway to glory. And I really didn't want that to happen. Uh, At least, you know, not yet, uh, for a number of different reasons. And yet when I had that thought, I'm here to tell you that my feeling was that if this was it, then I am good to go with Jesus. And it was really a great feeling. Well, I'm obviously very happy that I got better and I got out of there and that I'm here to give thanks for the containers of God's love like Patty, like the kids, like you but I also am here to tell you that that is a good feeling to have by the grace of God and that when people say to me well you know that must have been so awful for you to be in there alone, my answer was and it still is Uh, but I wasn't alone I was never alone never felt alone, Uh, which I attribute to the grace of God. And so, you know, I'm, I'm talking not about my faith. I'm talking about his grace as I invite and urge and encourage you not to hold on too tight to this world, but hold on to the life of the world to come, which brings me to the number one lesson of all, and that is that God's grace is everything. Or as Jesus put it in John chapter 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. As Joshua says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My grace is sufficient for you, all of which is to say that in his word and in his spirit, in his church, and it's good and faithful people. in good times, in bad times, in joys and sorrows, in life in death, even in the middle of a pandemic, we are not alone. God is with us. We are His. And He is ours. And that is never, ever going to change. And those are some of the lessons that I learned during the last uh, 14 months as we look forward to the plans that God has. For you and me as we give him glory, as we love one another, as we reunite together, and as we bring hope to this world through the Lutheran Church of St. Andrew. And for that I say, thanks be to God. Amen.